Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. We're in this series where we're working our way through some of the Psalms, which is this collection of 150 poems, songs, chants, prayers, even to that cover the entire expanse of, of the human kind of characteristics. What it is to be human can be found within these psalms and uh, today's psalm is a little bit different and um, the previous ones we've looked at have focused more on awe and wonder and adoration and worship of, of God for who God is and what God has done particularly through uh, creation and using creation as a way to um, learn about God but also to see that God is expressing who God is and God's love for us through the created realm. Uh, today's psalm is a little bit different and um, as we work our way through it you'll you'll hear that. Uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 13 um, in this episode so uh, without further ado um, I'll read that out to you. It breaks up pretty well into two sections. We've got a, a big block at the beginning and then a, a second block so we'll take it block at a time and uh, unpack that a little bit and see what that has to say to us here and now. See what this psalm expresses and see what that kind of stirs up within us and, and what kind of permission and what kind of, um, yeah, what that allows us to, to do and to feel and to be as well as an expression of this psalm. Because the beauty of it really is for a lot of these psalms, we don't know when they were written. We don't know who wrote them. Traditionally, uh, lots of people believe that David uh, penned a lot of these psalms himself, um, but we don't really have the reference to that. Even the ones that have um, of David um, as a kind of title heading above the psalms, uh, there's some argument about what that actually means. Is this a psalm written by David? Is this a psalm written for David? Is this inspired by David? Is this written on behalf of of David is this written in the style of how they believe David would have penned one of these psalms and so we don't know really who wrote these psalms uh, and that's beautiful it's annoying but it's also beautiful uh, because the the way that they they're put together as well that there's so much ambiguity in them that it means that they can be just as relevant for us today you see, if this psalm was quite clearly written by someone in a specific time about a specific thing, which I'm sure it was, but if it was written in that way, we'd have real trouble being able to access that and use it for us here and now. But because the lines are a bit blurry, because it's a bit ambiguous, because we're not 100% sure who wrote it and when it was written and what it was being written about, it means that the words in there and the heart behind the words in there are just as real and just as true for us today. And so we can read this and, and feel the feels, we can feel the emotions, we can, we can put ourselves on the page as we read and hear these psalms. So with that said, uh, let's do it. Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. 
and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. That's the end of verse four, and I've stopped there on purpose, because as I said, there's two obvious sections within this psalm. And so verses one through four has a particular feel, and then afterwards we'll see that verses five and six have another feel as well. Uh, But you can't get to five and six without coming through one to four. That's the big idea there. Um, But this first section that we've just read and heard, these statements, particularly these how long statements, really give this sense of this desperate situation. As I said, we don't know who this psalmist is or what's going on within this. But this, this, this feel and this longing and this desperation, this cry for help really comes through over and over again and made even more so by the, this re- repeated phrase, how long, how long, how long. And maybe you can remember times when you've thought and prayed and felt in that way in the past. Maybe right now here in this podcast, you're in a season of how long. Throughout the messages on a Sunday, I've been looking at these psalms through the lens of kind of space and cosmology and looking up and looking out at the stars and the planets and the suns and our solar system as a kind of focus point for these. And on Sundays, no different as well. And these these how long statements, I'm going to connect to this idea of a black hole in space. Yes, it can feel empty. Yes, it can feel lonely. Yes, it can feel desperate and hollow. But actually, in researching black holes, they're not hollow. They, they are dense. They are heavy. And again, that rings true, doesn't it? These feelings of how long, Lord, will you forget me? That's a heavy, weighty phrase for a heavy, weighty feeling. Another thing about black holes is that they, they have the tendency to suck everything that gets anywhere near them into that black hole as well. And when we're in these black hole seasons in our lives, when we're feeling these things, how long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? These black hole moments do have a tendency to suck things in, don't they? When there's something playing on you, when you've got, whether it's a physical illness or something you're stressed and anxious and worried about, yes, it kind of takes over, doesn't it? It feels all-consuming. And you, send, you tend to look at the rest of your life and the rest of everything else that's going on through the lens of that black hole. You keep saying, yes, but, or if only I could get to this point, or how long have I got to wait? And all, it sucks it all in, this black hole. I'll read them again and really feel the weight of these words. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Then we have that switch. And as I was thinking about this, this is one of those points that you see again and again in, in, in scripture. And I'm sure you can think of lots and lots of examples where there's something going on and then all of a sudden there's a pivot point and it changes everything. Here it's the word, but. Sometimes it'll be however. Sometimes it'll be and yet. In spite of, in light of, 
because of, and you have this tag, this connection from this one thing to this other thing. I think of the in the Gospels where that, that blind man stands up and, and, and testifies about what Jesus has done for him. And he says, I was blind and now I see. There's these two direct things. There was this event here, then there was this point, and then there's this event here and forever has been changed, forever has been altered. It hasn't taken anything away from the first. It hasn't minimised it, it hasn't downplayed it, it hasn't acted like that wasn't a thing and didn't exist. So all of these black hole, how long feelings and emotions don't just go away. But now we have something else. That because of those, we have this transformation. We have this but. And that's where we get to in verse 5. But... I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Here the psalmist, after listing off all these black holes of feelings and emotions and crying out for help and in these desperate situations that the psalmist is in, now turns and pivots. Not to say that's over with, but to say that even though that's going in, going on, even though I feel that way, even though I have those kinds of questions, but, but I trust. And that word there, trust, is the, what, how we would use the word faith. But I trust in your unfailing love, your loyal love, your righteousness, your mercy, your power, your majesty, your loving kindness, your chesed in the Hebrew. And we'll look at that more on Sunday. This loyal love, this covenant love, this steadfast love. But I trust, I put my hope and my faith in you, God, and in your unfailing love. And this isn't just something that God does. Hesed, this loving, loyal, kindness love, this isn't something that God just does. This is something that God is. This is a characteristic. This is an attribute of God. I trust in your unfailing love, and my heart rejoices in your salvation that word there salvation is actually the word yeshua it's the name jesus you could replace that there my heart rejoices in you jesus in your salvation again i'm reminded of a gospel story of zacchaeus where jesus um invites himself around to zacchaeus's house and he says to zacchaeus at the end of that Um, conversation and that conversion for Zacchaeus he says at the end today salvation has come to your house he's saying today Yeshua has come to your house today Jesus has come to your house so I trust I hope I have faith in your unfailing love not just what you do God but who you are My heart rejoices. Why? Because of your salvation, because of your Yeshua, because of Jesus. And what's the response? What's the result of this but in this psalm? I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Friends, this isn't about downplaying your black holes. 
This isn't about ignoring them. This isn't about acting like they don't exist. This doesn't even about mean waiting until that's all done with and gone away and tidied away and everything's been fixed and it's all got a nice bow tie and groundy. And then I'll focus on God. Then I'll worship. Then I'll act the way I know I should. No. This is saying that even though that stuff's still going on, even though those black holes of how lung, of those desperate cries for help, even though that's still happening right here and right now, but it's a choice. It's this choice to rejoice in Jesus. It's this choice to put your trust in that unfailing Hesed love. And when you do that, Well, the result is praise. The result is worship. The result is being able to see, even though all that stuff's still going on, in spite of all of those black holes, maybe even because of all of those how long questions that we have for God, God is still God. God is still love. God is still good. Grace and peace.